You're listening to the Comic Crusaders Podcast. I am your host, Al Mega, CEO of Comic Crusaders and Undercover Case. In this show, I'm sitting down with creators from all walks of life to talk about inspiration, process, the lessons they've learned, and a whole lot more. Wepa, what up, everybody? Welcome to a brand new Comic Crusaders Podcast. I'm your host, Al Mega. Thank you for tuning in. Happy New Year! Hey! This is the first show of the new year, and I have an amazing independent creator, writer, publisher. publisher. I mean, he is the founder of Altruist Comics. I mean, he got amazing projects that have kicked ass on Kickstarter. He has a new one coming up. I'm honored to introduce my first guest of the year, the one and only Randy Stone. Hello. Happy New Year. I'm good. Oh, yeah, brother. I'm feeling good, energized, man, to kick ass in 2022. How about you? Exactly. <laughs> Big things in store. Hell yeah. I, I see, man, because you have this kick ass uh, Kickstarter that, that's up and coming death in comics, death metal, you yeah. know, limited metallic foil edition. I mean, folks, we're going to be talking about that. But before we get to that point, because obviously you're not going to hang out. I might give you all the bullshit right now, right? All right? So you're going to have to wait because we're going to learn. All about Mr. Stone, where he's from, how he got connected to fandom, and why he chose to take this very awesome journey in comics. You know what I mean? Because he's creating some really good stuff. I mean, I just finished uh, re- reading the, the book you sent over. I was like, yo, this is dope. And very insightful and deep stuff going on in that motherfucker, bro. So I can't wait to get into that. So, Randy, let us know first, man, where you from? Uh, near Vancouver, British Columbia, up in Canada. Born, raised? Yep. Spent my whole life here. And you're still there. Yep, exactly. No plans on leaving here. Beautiful. <laughs> oh, really, man? You don't like the heat, bro? It's It was warm in the summer. It's uh, We have two seasons, <laughs> summer and winter. That's yeah. it? It's pretty mild, though. Oh, okay. Come down to Florida, bro. G- give me some heat, bro. <laughs> yeah. uh, and so how how was your, your the upbringing over there, I mean, when, when it comes to um, the pop culture scene, you know, you're a kid. You know, right now, as an adult, obviously, you're, you're kicking ass in the independent comics field, but, you know, how was it then as a kid? I mean, who gave you that first access to pop culture? Yeah, you know what? I grew up on Transformers and mm. Ninja Turtles and G.I. Joe and stuff like that. Uh, comic books I discovered at 7-Eleven. Uh, a good friend of mine at the time, he was my neighbor. We went and bought candies and whatever and picked up some comics at the time. Uh, Marvel Universe trading cards was really the big thing that got us. Oh into man, it. you were going to back. Th- oh man, I yeah. love those packs, bro. 1990 or so. Yes. Yeah, um, so that made me fall in love with it. The books um, back when they were accessible at corner stores and stuff like that. Um, yeah. That fueled yeah. the the love of comics. So what was the first book that, that that caught your eye, if you will? Then so so okay, so it was your friend that took you, but so did your friend hand you the comic, or you went to the shop and it's like something caught your eye? Yeah, it was pretty much at the same time. I mean, we discovered them together. There, I oh, had a handful cool. of comics. I remember having a, um, The Last Starfighter. It was a movie adaptation oh, by Marvel yeah. Comics. Uh, number three, I think, was the first hey, one that I had. Um, but really, the superhero stuff. Jim Lee on Uncanny X-Men, that was the big thing that drew me into comics. And I remember getting that at 7-Eleven. And, yeah. You got that at the 7-Eleven? They, exactly. Damn, man, I wish 7-Eleven was over here sold comics, man. Shit, you lucky. Exactly. And I wish they still did because I think that was the gateway for so many people. Oh, so they stopped that in your way? Yeah, yeah. Why? I wonder why. Yo, come on. Yo, open up distributorship. Come on. Stop being greedy. But then you find the uh, direct market um, comic shops there and 
get your pull box and yeah. But you know what happens sometimes though when you when when you want to go back, man, you start breaking your water a little bit. <laughs> like, oh man, I want it so bad, but shit, that price point. Cause, I mean, right now, you know, a lot of comics are very unreachable. To be honest, like as a fan, you know, as much as I love uh, the investment market, let me not use the S word. Uh, the investment market, it kind of hurts, you know, the collectability market of people that just really enjoy this for what it is, you know? Yeah, just want to read a book. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you know, but this is why we have Auschwitz, man. We're going to be, I mean, and I'm not saying they're not going to be collectibles, but they're totally accessible and, you know, some amazing books. So, um, so you fell in love with those books, right? Was it easy to find your tribe then? Because you said you had a friend. So did you have a good, was it easy to find your tribe or was it just one homie? At that point, it was just the one guy, and we made stories together. He was a writer. I was the artist kind of thing mm-hmm. back in the day. Um, of course, doesn't hold up now, but, uh, you know, for a couple <laughs> of years, we were really close. Uh, he went to a different school and everything else. But um, okay. uh, growing up, I didn't really have a whole lot of comic fan friends. It was mostly just me until around 2000 when the Internet kind of opened that up. And okay. uh, PencilJack.com, that was my, my home on the Internet where we would Jesus. meet other creators and stuff like that. Wow, PencilJack.com. Jeez, early internet for sure, son. Yeah, exactly. So, But finally, I mean, you could connect with these people over the world that had the same passions, um, collaborating on little stories and stuff online and really finding those people. And then I started meeting them at conventions. Uh, the Chicago oh, really? Con was a big one. A bunch of us went to. So, yeah, reached oh, out. So was that your first con? Uh, there was a couple local ones in Vancouver. Um, and how was that experience? Because, again, I haven't spoken to too many Canadian folks, right? So, yeah. you know, how is that comic market? And, and, and is a comic book convention over there a convention? Or like they call it in London, like a comic mart, it's just a couple of, like, dealers in this. How, yeah. how is it on your side? Um, back then, there was a couple ones that I'd been to, um, the Heritage Hall show, which is pretty cool because I've actually now been a guest at that show, which is something hey. I went to as a teenager, as a, a Wow, fan. from a uh, fan to a guest, look at you, big homie. Exactly. Um, so that one was, it's very much dealer's tables and they get a couple local creators and then maybe fly in one bigger name kind of thing. Okay. Um, but yeah, it saved a lot of like, you know, readers would go through the, the long boxes and finding their things there. It wasn't so much a like the Fan Expo, which is a new big one over the past okay. few years, which is cosplayers and yeah. just a big spectacle. That's the repop of Canada, because I know Fan Expo is based in Canada. Right. The so I started up there. I think they had a Toronto one and a Vancouver one. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. that's the big one now. Um, and those little shows I went to as a teenager uh, was nothing like that. It, uh, <laughs> the comparison, right? It's like, oh, damn. Exactly. You'd get a couple bigger names. Like I remember Adam Kubert, uh, Chris Pacello. Jim Lee came up a couple times. I remember going to meet him. So that was pretty amazing. Was that me. your biggest, you know, uh, meet? Yeah, definitely at the time. I mean, he, I idolized him growing up. So that was pretty amazing. Awesome. Great, great. He's a really down-to-earth guy. Like, you know, he took the time to sit with this, this kid who couldn't draw and really, you know, helping him out. Uh, oh, so, nice. Yeah, I appreciate that. And I've actually got some boards there that he he sketched on the back how he would approach those pages. So I've got these original Jim Lee sketches just because he was helping me out as oh, nice. like a 13-year-old or 15-year-old or whatever. Oh, wow. Say were. And he actually drew and, and gave you some real pointers. Yeah, exactly. So great. Wow. Amazing <laughs> yeah. Wow. Who does that? That's amazing. Love it. Yeah. So would you say that was part of the inspiration behind wanting to kind of do your own thing? Uh, you know, for years I was trying to break in. I actually was 
geared towards inking for the longest time. That's just the part of the process I enjoyed the most. When did when did you start taking a journey though? You know, what, did you get the education in school? Is something that through those, those forums that you said I want to partake somehow? A little bit of both. I mean, I was at university when pencil jack was the big thing for me, so I was kind of doing that on the side. Um, I have a fine arts degree. My, my major okay. was fine arts, but that didn't really take me anywhere aside from having the paper of yeah, I've got a bachelor's, great. Um, as far as comics, it was just, you know, getting to know those people and trying it. Um, I eventually, my first book that got published um, by Arcana, I wrote the story just as an excuse of something for me to ink. I hired Arcana a pencil. Arcana was the first? Nice. Yeah. Well, that was about So 90s, kid, shit, though. Yeah. <laughs> I remember Arcana. Yeah, man, nice. Yeah. So and they were local, which was just a coincidence. I think they're based oh. out of one of the suburbs originally. Um, really? Here. Yeah. Check that out. Nice. Bro. Which didn't play a role at all in me finding them. But wait, so account. how did you submit to them? I think they were just one of the ones that had open submission guidelines on their websites. You know, you try everywhere. And you just and, went for it. Yeah. And nice. they liked what I had, so we went with that. Yeah. But what made you be so bold on that day to say, I'm just going to do it? What What made you decide to just do it? How I was that? To. Fine. Yeah, just for so many years just trying, and just I had to get it done, and it was my one attempt. It didn't do too well. Obviously, it wasn't a big seller and you know, smaller press and stuff, but after that, I wanted to start a family and, you know, got a real job and all that stuff, <laughs> so I kind of set that aside for a decade before really diving back into it and self-publishing my own work. Wait a minute. So you took a decade break? Pretty much, yeah. Wow, bro. What sparked the, the, the fire again, that engine, if you will, to want to yeah. come back a decade later? It was never gone. Like, it's always in the back of your head coming up with story ideas and stuff like that. And, you know, it just got to the point where I'd been away from it for so long, I just had to put these things out. And this Death in Comics is actually the result of that. Uh, it's a bunch of short stories um, that I did little bit by little bit. You know, I'd, I wouldn't recommend jumping into a giant graphic novel as your first project or anything. But, you know, holding a real job, and I had two young kids uh, doing these four-page stories or six-page stories or even two-pagers, it was yeah. easy to kind of put that little package together. And then when I had enough of them, I thought, well, let's collect them in this book. Yeah, and an amazing book it is, man. So I, I love anthologies, person. I kind of grew up on those. Yeah. You know, again, I mean, I saw the Conans and, you know, all these other little books that I was buying, Digest and stuff. And then it was always multiple stories. So that, that was my thing, the horror chamber of horrors, horror comics, you know. all. Yeah. So I love this anthology. Love the cover here, bro. I mean, <laughs> the poor lamp, bro. I That's <laughs> fucked up. What made you decide to kill the lamp, bro? Uh, it plays on two tropes. Uh, you probably heard of fridging. <laughs> and then uh, the Kelly Sudaconic's sexy lamp test. Yeah, man. Do you own this lamp in real life? <laughs> no. Okay. Would you be allowed to own it in real life? I, I don't think there's any problem with that, but I, I wouldn't spend the money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my wife and I want this in the house, to be honest. Not because of anything other than it's just, no. <laughs> but great call, man. So uh, tell us, how did you find this team for this particular book? And tell us about altruists and all that. When you took, and what is altruist? What does that mean to you? So uh, when I first started putting this together, actually, I came up with the name um, as a way of comics helping people. Like, I just kind of thought, they could make the world better. And I started putting them online, these short stories, and tied Where into specifically? Uh, my Facebook group at the time. Okay. Uh, I put that out as, um, when I first started. So I would tie it into a, some sort of related charity 
depending on the, the theme of the story itself, and just uh, you know put it up online. People could read it for free, but if you were so inclined, throw twenty bucks towards this charity kind of thing. I don't really know how much money it might have raised. Probably not that much, but it, it was my attempt at doing good because comics have treated me well. I mean, I some more yeah, I mean, superhero stories. Yeah, exactly. Like I was raised just as much on that. Uh, you know, this idea of people who can do good do, do good. good. Oh man, bro, you're my homie right there. I connect <laughs> yeah. with you. Uh, boom on that. Uh, I'm with you on so many levels with that one comment. It's so true. I yeah. mean, we were brought up in a way that. And reading these things, if you don't get inspired to want to do good, I mean, then what the hell are you reading? Yeah. Now, the, the content of these stories isn't necessarily that. Like, it's not super old. It's definitely like not, that. bro. But it has some deep, <laughs> fucked up shit. I was like, you know, they're so short that it leaves you with a shakehead moment. Like, I I read two or three of these, and I was like, that's fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> bro, you are, you are a sick-ass writer bro just tell us i mean tell us about the team you found i mean and also i mean look at just the coloring on this this is a twisted effing story yeah um that's i love story. that most that double view type thing that you did here talk I about love to share that with everybody. um it was just an idea i had i remember actually walking home from work like i uh, get off the bus and heading towards home and i had this idea of this dual story so i mean viewers will eventually read it i hope um they will Basically, the the pages they have the identical dialogue and caption balloons, but the way it's set up is two very different stories. Even though everything in the the dialogue is <laughs> identical, um, and I had this idea that struck me like, oh, that's pretty cool. Uh, Gavin Gidry, he was on Twitter. He posted he was available for work at some time. I mean, this was a few years back. I was like, oh, I got to jump on this. Oh, and so you you be on you be on the social? Oh, available for work? Yo, homie, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I love it. Yeah, when somebody does a job like that, I mean, I'd love to work with them. He's, he did excellent work. Yeah, excellent work. The shading, the coloring. Yeah, uh, colors and, by Maddie Wall. And then you could tell it, it, the difference in the two stories in the color. You see something yeah. so cool, and then you see something so crazy afterwards. You're like, and, and like you said, using the same verbiage, how easily, you know, it's like they said, a double entendre thing, right? I mean, you, you put this shit to the test on this motherfucker, <laughs> for real. I, I figure this is a way that comics can uh, do something different. Um, yeah. Oh. I, yeah. I, I think it, it worked out. <laughs> I, I I loved it, and, and and this too. I mean, you know, I'm the big brother here. This kind of messed up. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully not at the the turn of the page here. So talk uh, about this too, man. Again, with with, with uh, love the black and white. So talk about this a little bit, and and, and who? Because again, throughout the whole book, right? You had different artistic teams, correct? Yeah, exactly. Amazing. So this is Christian Dabari, um, and actually the two kids in here, I asked him to draw my sons, so Ooh. these are actually my boys. Uh, the older one is not evil, I promise you. That, the older one probably is now, it's like, that's messed up, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. So how is you, why are you finding such amazing talent? Because everybody does bring, you know, amazing skills to the team. Yeah. I think Twitter's probably the biggest place that I've found people. Um, oh, just following artists. Half the people that I follow on Twitter are just artists I'd like to work with. Oh, really? That's what you do. Like, yeah, I want to work with you one day. Scouring you you. Come on, come on. I'm not trolling you, but I love you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, and yeah. look at this. I mean, so I love this style when they do this because I, I see this as a cartoon immediately. Yeah, yeah that'd be cool. Uh, Jen St. 
She's another Canadian artist, actually. Um, this story was based on a nightmare I had, actually. It was kind of uh, a nightmare. Yeah, so uh, I you adapted that to a comic. Bro, because this is also a fucked up story. Yeah. <laughs> Damn, bro, I would not. I would. I don't want to do no brain scan on you because I think I'd be terrified. <laughs> Oh, I talk about the, look at that, you know that image. Holy fuck! I think we lean a little bit horror with a bunch of these things. I mean, it's not all horror. Stuff. A little bit. He's, a, he's so he's so modest. He was a little. <laughs> yeah, these things will fuck up your head. Like if you're a fan of Twilight Zones, Out of Limits, and stuff like that, this leaves you with these type of open-ended questions with each story. Like, wait a minute, right? You know, there's still more story to tell, possibly right here. <laughs> Yeah, but just seeing what you can do with just, like, four pages. Um, Amazing. It's kind of neat playing with that. Was that purposeful that you did that? Well, yeah. I mean, uh, some. Obviously, the first one, my first time, was uh, six pages. So the story needed a little bit more room because it's three pages twice, basically. Yeah. Um, some of them are just two pages, like the, the last two that we showed. Yes. I've got kind of the setup, which is the first page, and then you've got the page turn, the, the payoff. Oh, uh, the payoff. Oh, bit... An amazing payoff, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, this one's four pages. So, yeah, I mean, just playing with that. What can you do with just a, a few pages? And really, it's economical. You know, hiring an artist, it's not easy. You've got to work your day job to pay for your, your side gig here. Um, so, uh, but uh, what's the process you use? Because I know I have a lot of people that view, that want to get into their own projects, that have people on my own team that, you know, do their own projects. I mean, what kind of steps do you take, you know, to kind of confirm the validity of the people you're working with? Uh, yeah, I mean, right now, I guess you have to look in a little bit more to their personalities. Like, it sucks if you have to vet somebody that they're not going to be problematic as part of your book. Yeah, but of uh, course, you know, you know, nowadays you're spending money, so you got to make sure your money's secure and not being spent, you know, irresponsibly. Exactly. <laughs> you know I mean, I mean, above all else, you're seeing the the product. That they, you get the like, product exactly. People are hugely talented. Okay, that's that's one thing. Uh, I am trying to diversify everything. Like, I don't want my book full of just a bunch of straight white guys. Like, I'm enough of that in the book. Like, if I can add women and people of color and everything else just to mix it up again a, a bit. Um, oh, and let me not? ask you about that, though. Because, again, you know, obviously I'm here from the U.S., you know, yeah. not, not Canada. Um, you growing up, did you come from a diverse area where you saw a lot of a, a, a big cultural mix? Or was it kind of yeah. one standard mix? Because it's, it's based on your comment that you want to involve a lot of diverse. Thank you for that. That's awesome. Yeah. You know, but I just want to know your background because I'm a city boy, so I come from a multi-pot, New York. Yeah. So for me, diversity is just normal. Yeah, yeah. No, you I know? think it's fairly diverse here. There's a lot of uh, Asian sub-communities and stuff. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, Canada, I think, in general, overall, is very European. But um, Vancouver is very Asian as well. Like, And I had good friends of all sorts of different ethnicities growing up. I mean, that was pretty good for me. So you had diverse schools, man, where it was a great mix. Yeah, for sure. Nice, man. Okay, just, just, you know, just things that I'm curious about, you know, growing up in a different place. Yeah. So, again, this is why I don't understand why people are so against sometimes, you know, engaging diversity or inclusivity because it's like, you know, I grew up. But, you know, I, I explain this to, like, to my kid and wife. Like, we grew up in a big city where it's normal. Yeah. A lot of people don't grow up in those type of environments where diversity isn't normal, you know. It's like everybody's separated. Like, you know, I had somebody ask me, an old-timer, because now that I live in Florida, yeah, right, and this old-timer that lives up north asked me, 
the throat is still segregated. Hmm. I'm like, oh my god, are you really asking me this? He goes, I'm just asking because when I came, that's how it was. Right. I'm like, wow. I'm like, no, it's not. <laughs> my neighbors yeah, are like in their life oh, oh, everywhere. You know, yeah. all, all all nationalities. Oh, you go, oh wow, that's so different. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> it's so crazy though if you think about that, right? Yeah. Like when he when he talk, asked me that, and I told my wife like. Look what they're asking me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Crazy. But that's great though, that you do that. Thank you for doing that as a comic book creator, writer, and publisher. Yeah. You know, man? I mean, what's up with Altruist? I mean, is just the website, can we get books? You know, do uh, you distribute through distributors? I mean, what's going on there? So far, it's mostly been the Kickstarters, uh, me sending directly to backers. Um, How was the Kickstarter experiences for you? Holy shit, that's the thing. It's it's true, you good. are a crowdfunder. And yeah. how was your first time? And has it been easier? Because obviously you've had successful bangers. So what's going yeah. on? Yeah, it was definitely an interesting experience. The first book I did was Death in Comics, um, a revised version there. Uh, this is a different cover, exclusive metallic foil, all that. But uh, Death in Comics was my first crowdfunding. Uh, I didn't know what to expect. I just set my goal really low just to kind of have a success under my belt, uh, learning the ropes, and it went okay. Uh, I've built on that with each subsequent launch, uh, higher funding totals and more backers with each one. So it's been a slow rise. Um, I look forward to the next one and the one after that because I've got several planned. Uh, so it's, it's treated me well, though. Um, it's really neat that the platform has brought in backers that aren't just my friends and family that I expected and had, you know, half my people on the first one were just people I knew. But um, people all over the world, like I've got Beautiful. a backer uh, in Germany who's he's a super fan, I feel, because he's got everything that I've done. Uh, guys in Australia, just all over the world. So it's pretty cool. That How does that feel to you, man? It's like it's incredible. Yeah, doesn't it feel great to be able to share your craft and, and yeah. you get... I mean, not just love from home, but, like, other countries. I mean, like, wow, did you expect yeah. that, you know? Well, no, it was it totally blew me away. Um, and the cool thing is, like, if you're supporting me, okay, I appreciate that. You you know me, you like me, okay, thanks for putting some money down in this book. But these people who don't know me, that they really just see this and say, that looks like an interesting project, that I, I would like to read that. It's not just they're trying to support me. It's like they actually want my stories and my books and whatever I put out there. Yeah, oh, gonna, we, we want your movies, your cartoons, we <laughs> yeah. want all of that shit, because with this, what you did here, I mean, it's gorgeous, bro. I mean, and who did this? Again, you know, I'm in love with the coloring, and this is also, this yeah. is so fucked up, too. I mean, when I turn to the next page, I'm like, damn, homie, yeah. that's, that's foul. Ha <laughs> ha, damn, bro. Air Are you just trying to it? mess with me? <laughs> yeah. It's kind of a response. Uh, locally, we've had some gang violence in the past few years. Um, so the whole thing about guns here, that's what I played off of. Mm. Uh, but yeah, Aaron Kubel painted it, Aditya Bidikar, um, he lettered it, he's an amazing letterer, so it was kind of a bucket list to have him do a project wow. of mine. Wow. Who else is on your bucket list, homie? I don't know, I couldn't say. Uh, ah. I've been lucky enough to work with some pretty amazing people, though. So, yeah. Is there anyone ideal you would love to have a chance to work with? It, you know, alive or dead, if, if you could work with anyone, anyone, who would it be? Uh, no, I'm on the spot. I can't really think. I mean, it would be pretty cool to get a Jim Lee cover on uh, Bullet, which it. is my yeah. superhero book. Oh, be pretty cool. cool. Yes, yes. We're going to talk about Bullet, but let's get past this. What's this right here? Because this is also, this was actually, this is really deep and scary. 
Yeah, um, dealing with my own kind of fears of the unknown or things like that. I wrote this uh, partly, actually, just to draw it all. I, I did the pencils and inks. And my this two is kids, all you, Chatila. Yeah. Hey, nice job, yeah, Kill. Exactly. Right. And my two sons, they actually helped splatter some stars and stuff on there, put oh, some really? fingerprints on that, uh, the bottom yeah, panel man. there. Yeah, man, the mini stones. Shout out, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> it, was, it was half an excuse just to draw something with uh, without buildings or clothing or anything like that, which is the difficult things of drawing, I find. So just playing with different textures, and that was my love of inking, right? No, you did a phenomenal job here, and this story is, again, another one of those effed up stories when you really <laughs> get into thinking and the narrative of what the, this character is going through. It's like, yeah, yo, this shit is deep. Holy shit. Hey, you know what? Do not do not smoke weed and, like, read this story. This is the story that will put you in this weed trance. Like, you're going to be stuck for a minute. Don't do it. Don't do it to yourself, folks. It's great, though. And this, oh, and this is nasty, bro. Another messed up one. I don't know where these ideas come from, actually. It, you, it's you, kind of weird. You are you you are very twisted. My, why are we? Why are you not doing TV shows? What's going on? <laughs> I don't know. Scaring people away, perhaps. Yeah, yeah this I mean, with stuff like this, I, yo, wait before you continue. I just want to say this moment made me gag in real life. <laughs> but I, and my wife was like, "You okay?" I was like, "Yo." I'm just reading this, and I'm like, I, you know my overactive imagination? I'm yeah. like, I, I'm like feeling this. I'm like, I want to die right now. <laughs> yeah. It was a weird one. I was at work, and just this thing popped into my head. At know, work. Just that day, and then I came home, I, <laughs> I scripted it, and um, Chris Pierce, who's actually uh, the host of another amazing YouTube channel, Comic Tropes, he drew this. Um, Speaking oh, of right. PencilJack.com, nice. we met back then, and so we've been friends for the past 20 years or so. 20? Uh, wow. How amazing is that, folks? You met an internet friend, and y'all kicking it for 20 years? Yeah, for sure. He's an wow. amazing guy, an amazing yeah. artist, too, so you can see here. So he penciled it, I inked it, which was kind of a cool thing that we actually got to collaborate on something uh, after all these years. And then colored by Ellie Wright. She's awesome. It has this old school, like, uh, the initial Vertigo comics kind of feel, I feel. Yeah. I love the panel uses too. Is that you? Is that the artist? What? How, how does this breakdowns come? Uh, that was all Chris. Yeah. I mean, I, I, in my script, I guess I described certain things, but as far as the layout, that was him. Yeah, great layout. Very old school, you know. I, I love the fact we're not getting just one page panels. You know, we're getting, you know, multiple panels to a page. So, you know, keep pushing the story forward. And I love that. Yeah. I mean, you know, this is quality. And what's this? Yakuza. I love it. What is this, bro? <laughs> and you have Yakuza out there in Canada, too, man. Yeah, I'm not, uh, I don't want to talk about this. I don't want to talk about this, egos. <laughs> you get a hit on your head. Yeah, I, I don't know. I guess I was reading one time that um, Yakuza is actually Japanese for those three numbers. So I had these cards with the three numbers okay. and just this scene, um, kind of the CD underground kind of thing where a guy gets executed there, a dragon tattoo. So it just it looked cool in my mind. Uh, I thought it would be interesting to put that down. I kind of had this um, Tim Bradstreet feel. He, he had this book, Maximum Black, with a bunch of pinups. I kind of I was going for something like that. Uh, kind of moved away from it as I actually started inking it because I can't do his work. This became kind of my own stuff, and it turned out kind of neat. Using some Zipatone there on the shading. I, I see it, man. I love the TV, too, man. I'd be so yeah. mad if you put three holes in my TV. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> you wouldn't be around if to worry about it, though. <laughs> no. Yeah, uh, oh man, I'm gonna worry about. It. I'm gonna come back from the dead and haunt your ass. Are you fucking my TV. And look at this, bro. I love it. This is a tattoo in the future for somebody. I yeah. see that. I mean, yeah, that's the Angel of Death story by who Matthew did this? Dunn. Matthew Dunn. Really beautiful, yeah. yo. Yeah, he this does this iconic stuff. It's that's what drew me to him, and I thought he'd be perfect for that story. And it this, is, really well. this is an album cover, like yo, Metallica, someone <laughs> fucking <laughs> like yo, this is sick. I yeah. love it. So we're gonna talk about this now. So now you have right, yeah, this new Kickstarter launching uh, on the twelfth. Launching on the twelfth. Why am I stopping my can? Let me let me share that screen so that people could see what the pre-launch looks like, right? Yeah. Because here it goes. Boom! Uh, I have by this one. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. There we go. And now uh, it's Death in Comics, Death Metal. Limited metallic fill edition. Yeah. Talk to me. What do you mean by this? So, Child of the 90s, as we talked about earlier, and obviously the foil covers were big back then. Um, so, I'd done these metallic foil covers for both Bullet and the <laughs> Sensational Swan, which were my last two Kickstarters. And I thought that treatment for Death and Comics would be a neat way of putting out something unique. Uh, only 25 of them. I actually have them printed already, so... Oh, oh wait that. a minute, wait a minute. You better keep that bad boy up because we need to see that. Holy yeah. shit. Oh, wow. <laughs> Look at that. It looks pretty neat. Uh, it's an old school feel of having that uh, chase Dude, variant that cover. Dope, man. So, yeah, only 25 of them I put together. So only 25. It. So this is an uber collectible. Exactly, yeah. Oh, so, wow. uh, yeah, this will be the only place that hopefully we'll, we'll sell them all through the Kickstarter. So the only place to get this 25 ratio, you know, like 1 in 25, are they going to be signed too or what? I mean, what's going on here? If you want me to scribble on them, I definitely would. <laughs> yeah, there you go, folks. Again, you get positivity signed. It's 1 in 25. I mean, I know you speculators, I would say the fucking word now, yeah. love this type of stuff. Yeah. This is, I think, right up your alley. And why go that route with the, you know, such a limited edition? Um, I don't know. I mean, it's going to be a pretty, pretty big price point. Um, ah. So, I mean, I'm not going to put out a whole bunch of them, and they're, they're costly to make these things. I just wanted something special. But they're ready to go, though. That's the whole yeah, point. Yeah, exactly. So, the, the nice thing about this is that as soon as the campaign ends, I'll collect all the pledges and ship them right out. Uh, yeah, it is, folks. That's yeah. going to make you wait 10, 15 years. No 10-year wait on this one for sure, Al. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, Randy. This is a creator to me. This is a real person. This is somebody that cares about the fans, bro. I mean, again, it's ready to go, folks, man. When is this going live again? Uh, the 12th, so next week. So, yeah. folks, once again, here, look, this is the Kickstarter link. So if you want to know what is going on, I just want I want people to laugh here. I'm going to show you, but I'll also state it. Look at what is on my phone. Somebody, a political call, it says on my phone. I'm like, do you not know who Al Mega is? I don't care about your politics. Get away from me. All right? Political call. I can't believe it said, it doesn't even say spam. It said political call. (laughs) Hysterical. Anyway, so... Folks, Altruist Comics, Death Metal, Kickstarter, limited edition for you speculators and comic investors out there. I mean, that's unique. Now, you mentioned the characters you've created. Talk to me yeah. about them a little bit. Uh, so the other books, uh, The Sensational Swan, 
Um, that was a superhero book that actually debuted an initial um, first print of Death in Comics, which is not in the current one. But okay. uh, that's the swan. So that was a Kickstarter I did Ooh, earlier this year. Look at that. Oh, dope. Dope, dope, dope. Look at that. Yes. Sexy. Yeah. That was a collection of short stories that I did uh, with some other people. So uh, another, another short story, okay. Yep, exactly. And then uh, Bullet, which was hey, the last one I did. Folks, hold on, let me put that Future up. Superhero. Um, Look at the coloring on that. I fucking love that cover, bro. Yeah. Kath Lobo was the artist here. Uh, oh, I know Kath Lobo. Oh, yeah. get out, yes? She's wow. amazing. How'd you connect with Kath? Uh, I'm sure it was Twitter again. I mean, just coming across some stuff that she did and like, oh, I love this. Uh, see, <laughs> you see, you people stop talking shit about Twitter because you mm. only want to get pissed off by Twitter because you choose to. <laughs> you see, he's finding amazing people staying positive and look what Nothing but love for Twitter, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yo, that's what I'm saying. Like, you know, stay, just stay away from the negative and you're going to live a happy life. Yeah. Yeah, he looks great. I love yeah. it. Holy shit, do that. Uh, co-written with uh, Jordan Alseca and lettered by Lucas Catoni. Um, pretty cool. Yeah, I love the book, and there's more to come. Um, hopefully this year we'll see some more bullets. Oh, man, that is so fire, bro. I, I, I'm so impressed by the amazing talent that you get connected with in these projects. Honestly, it's my biggest skill is uh, finding people who will do incredible work on these projects. A webmaster. Yeah. I love yeah. it. And actually, he, he's another spy. He's the Canadian Spider-Man, folks. <laughs> I love it, man. Nah, man, you're awesome, but I love this. So, um, what can you tell any listeners right now that are creators, you know, advice-wise, you know, in, in, in their journey? Because you've had this long, fantastic journey, but you've, had, you've been doing Kickstarters. Again, you told me in private, you know, this is like a part-time gig for you because you, you do have a day job, you got a family, yeah. but yet you're still able to produce such quality and amazing content so you know what advice can you give to creators especially when it comes to time management and creation yeah well uh when i realized that i didn't have the time to do so much i i moved more towards writing than drawing because the amount of time it took me to do even a half decent drawing is just too much i can never do it and again my my skill level is not there. So I'm hiring people who actually... You're lying because that shit you saw, that I was looking before, I mean, I look fantastic, so stop being so humble, homie. You really you really are a fantastic artist. I appreciate it, but so being honest, I do find people who are much better than me, so <laughs> that's the selling I, point. I, 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 I get it, I get it, but don't be so humble, though. You're very talented, yeah. man. You know, don't, don't, don't cut yourself short on that. But, you know, so, so what can you tell people about that, though? I just yeah, don't want I, you to diss yourself. Just give the advice. Don't diss yourself, man. You're amazing. <laughs> yeah, okay. So connect with people around you. I mean, uh, a lot of people say don't chase after the, the big stars to kind of bring you up. You're with your peers at this point. You will all rise together. Um, so you make those connections, those friendships. Maybe end up working on a book together or something down the road. Um, pump each other up on social media and boost each other. That's probably the big one. Um, Time management, I don't know. <laughs> like, give up <laughs> sleep, that's the only thing that I do. <laughs> don't Basically. sleep. Only three hours a night, whatever. Yeah, exactly. Wifey says, why aren't you in bed? I'm sorry, honey, I'm coming. Working on comics, yeah. yeah. I'm working on my book, babe. Give me a minute. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Um, so talk about altruists. So you know, via altruists, can we get access to your other projects as well? 
No, yeah, you, I do have you, a Gumroad. Um, you have a, a Gumroad too, nice. Yeah, so okay. I've put up a couple PDFs up there. Um, I haven't worked out a way to sell hard copies yet. Shipping is just disastrous. Uh, I'm trying to figure that out. I don't know. We'll get there eventually. I'd like to be able to ship books out. I'll send you an email where you could possibly save a lot of money on shipping, and I think I'm going to give you a secret. Sounds good. Just to help you. you know, I'm, what Comic Crusade is all about crusading to help the independent creator. Yeah. <laughs> like I say, we're all about you guys. This isn't about just the big two. This is about comics, and, and you guys are the future. Exactly. You know what I mean, I'm gonna see you in a Marvel or DC book soon. When they see what you do here, they're gonna be like, "Yo, we need you. We need you, Randy. We, we, we need you to be a rock here." That was the dream. I mean, working for Marvel growing up, that was obviously what I was gearing towards. But doing my own stuff and you know, putting together my own projects, I think that's probably freedom, the way right? to go. Yeah. I mean, I don't really. It would be cool to have my name on a Spider-Man or X. But you wouldn't like turn down an opportunity like that, though. To be honest, yeah. would you? I suppose not. That's <laughs> <laughs> what I'm saying. Though. I mean, only to not help the brand overall. That right. you know, the, this publisher is also you know able to work in other places as well, and because he's so talented. Because again, yeah. you know, this book I loved it. You had these what TF moments. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, whoa, this is so Twilight Zone, so out of limits, so so crazy. I'm I'm digging it. I mean, Ed Pisker, you should get him a kind of involved to do a cover for you because I think he would right. appreciate the singers of this because he does Red Room, which is horror-based anthology. So I yeah. think if you take a look at this by Randy, he's going to be, oh, shit. Yo, I got something for you, sick. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure. You're amazing, man. So, again, when does the project go live? January 12th, I'll be launching. Uh, it'll be super short. I'm only doing a 10-day campaign, um, as opposed to the life-draining, month-long campaigns I've been doing before. Oh, short um, and sweet, because it's a limited edition book. Exactly. Just and concentrate my efforts, get the word out, get everybody on there, and check it out January 12th. And so you know Comic City is already on your side, homie. So right there, folks, look look at the Kickstarter. Project, Altruist Comics, Death Metal. Look for it. Uh, trust you me, this is Comic Crusaders approved. Uh, <laughs> yes. I'm, I'm digging the shit out of this book. Um, I, I, you got to follow Randy so you can stay up to date. Yeah. All right. Again, he already told you, though, for this particular book on this quick start, let me go back to this. He told you the books are done and ready to go. Project done, the books get shipped. Yeah. They're going to be in your crib, like, as soon as the project is over. Imagine that. Yeah. So don't mess around. There's a real creator that's serious. So before we go, I told you I was going to ask, what are those images behind you? Where do those pages come from? Those are fire, but I, I'm so jealous. I want original art myself on that level. I mean, I got a cool piece, but I want pages like that. Let's see if I can actually get up here. Now I'm working in a mirror image here. Uh, that's an old battle pope. One on the end there. You got a battle pull page? Yeah. Get out. Matt Roberts and Tony Moore. Uh, Robert Kirkman wrote it. Dope. Uh, Kevin Nolan over Dan Jurgens, Superman Aliens. Uh, Jimmy Chung, John Dell, Young Avengers page. Jeez. Mike Waringo with Carl Kessel Inc. <gasps> uh, Spider Man Fantastic Four. Oh my God. And that's an Evan Shaner, uh, one of his early works, Doc Shaner. Oh He's my amazing. God. Yeah. How did you get these? <laughs> Just uh, Comic-Cons. I think, oh. uh, well, so Matt and Tony and Robert, they're all from Pencil Jack as well. That goes okay. way back. So, Wow, look at you. Out in conventions with. 
And he's on a first name basis with these homies, people. You hear this guy? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> yeah, those are amazing. I'm jealous. Those shits are dope, man. I can't wait to, you know. That's the type of collection I want to But as much as I like comics, but I mean, it's that. It really is the art. It's the writer. To have that original page, I mean, wow. Exactly. That, that, that's, I mean, how did you feel? Well, which was the first that you had? Uh, of these ones? Yeah. Probably the Young Avengers one. How did you feel so, when you landed that? It was an eBay. It, it was a fit. Oh, eBay yeah. was a yeah, fit. Yeah, but it was ridiculously cheap. <laughs> like I hate to say it. So here's the secret: if you're looking for uh, cheaper art for some reason, the inkers have a bunch of pages themselves, and I know that Ooh. inkers are less and less on books as artists do the whole thing themselves now. But uh, I would go to the inkers because I, I wanted to be an inker, and I was picking these up for their textures and seeing what the pages looked like. Kevin Nolan, the master. Wow. Um, Wow. So, yeah, I, I picked it up on e- eBay for a super dirt cheap, and it was ridiculous. I love this. You know, yeah. you know that Avengers space is probably going to go for crazy money. But, you know, the it hoopla could, yeah. going around it right now. Anything, it's got Jessica know, Jones on the page. Uh, oh, my Jonah God. Yeah. Yo, you hear this guy? Don't, don't send him no emails. He's not selling yet, all right? <laughs> Leave him alone. Yeah. Don't bother him. Right now, Randy, you've been an amazing guest. I appreciate it. I can't wait for the Kickstarter to go live because this book is fire, bro. It is absolute fire. Thank you so much. Like I said, I I, I was left (laughs) jaw dropped and enjoying the smiles on my face, oohs, ahs, and everything. Like even WTS, I'm like, damn, this guy's messed up. Yeah, (laughs) Christ, sicko. I love it. Right up my alley. So I appreciate it. But everybody, you know, follow Randy on social right here on Twitter. You know, Randy yeah. Stone, C-O-T-W. Please follow the publishing press, Altruist Comics. No, it's yeah. not named after me. It's just Altruist, all right? <laughs> um, you got that Kickstarter, of course. But, yeah. you know, the Facebook group. And what happened in the Facebook group? Uh, I'll post images, uh, some behind-the-scenes things once in a while, mainly just updates if I'm doing appearances or, you know, the Kickstarter's launching, things like that. So there keep you up go. to date there. So, yeah. You know, hit, hit up that Facebook group or the meta group, whatever you want to call it now, folks. Right. I mean, Randy, again, <laughs> you've been amazing. Much love, success, and happiness this year, you know. Thank you for being my first guest of 2022. I'm on. You know what I mean? And just throwing flowers, man, just thank you for, you know, being bold enough in life to share your vision, share your creative vision. Not many people are able to do that. So for you to be brave and bold enough to do that, just thank you. So fuck the haters and you keep doing what you do and I hope big cheers to you. I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, thanks man, for all the positivity talk. coming my way. Nah, man, that's what it is. But this is your year, man. This is the year of the stone, kiddo. He's going to land hard like a rock and smack you like with this goodness. So make sure to check it out. Make sure to check out everything Comic Crusaders. If you like what you're listening to, please review the podcast. I would love that. Whatever platform you're on, I would appreciate it. But please, you know, most importantly, just support independent creators like Randy, you because know, without them, you know, we don't have a feature in comics. This is the future. Cats like this. All right? So make sure to do it up. Randy, thank you again for your time. Much love, thank you. kiddo. Best wishes, mi gente. You know what it is. Much love. Hasta la próxima. Also tells you what to do. Thank you for listening to the Commentator Shaders podcast. 
If you like the content, please subscribe and turn on notifications. Also, please visit ComicCrusaders.com and our extended podcast family over at UndercoverCaves.com. And also, make sure to download the Comic Crusaders app on the Google Play Store today. 